Super Talk Mississippi media production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome into the Friday edition. What a Friday it is. On the Rebel Report, I'm Michael Borky. Thank you, as always, for making the podcast a part of your day. And uh, the news broke yesterday. Significant news that there were rumblings that this was coming, but it actually broke during the radio show yesterday, so we got to react to it in real time. The news that Elijah Moore and Kenny Oboa will not be playing in Ole Miss's final game of the season tomorrow against LSU or in the bowl game, which is something that is definitely going to happen. They will be getting a bowl game, so we'll react to that. Uh, I've got some picks. Uh, thoughts on what their decision, how it impacts this game, what to expect now uh, from the offense on Saturday, all that good stuff. I've got those thoughts for you on today's edition, of course, of the Rebel Report, brought to you by LBs just across from Kroger on University Avenue in Oxford. Go by, see Greg, tell him we sent you. Uh, what's the weather going to be like this weekend? I always give you weather updates because I love to spend time behind the grill. Saturday going to be rainy, so maybe do something inside. They have a great fish selection there as well. So uh, you can pop something in the oven, do a uh, a swordfish like I've done before. Basically, you just salt and pepper it and sear it in a cast iron skillet the same way you would do a steak and then pop it in the oven depending on how big they are. So I would Google uh, for how long. I did it for about 12 minutes based on the size of the swordfish that we got. But you pop it in the oven for that long in the skillet that you seared it in perfect swordfish. You can get all kinds of fish, meat, anything you want at LB's just across from Kroger, University Avenue, right there in Oxford. And don't forget to get one of their daily lunch specials. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Borky. Don't forget also to subscribe to the podcast or like it if you're listening on Spotify and leave a rating and a review. So glad that you are with me today, uh, whether you're listening on Friday or Saturday. I will have post-game thoughts from the LSU game at some point. So it will not be immediately after the game in podcast form. I still will be able to do the post-game reaction video. Uh, that is something that uh, will still take place. I'm just doing, uh, we're doing Christmas with the in-laws on Saturday. So I will watch the game in its entirety. Uh, but I will not be able to record a podcast until we get home later that night. So it'll just be a little bit after uh, the usual time but not too terribly longer after that. James's bedtime is about 7.30, so we will be home at about 7.30, and I will immediately sit down and record the podcast then. So I apologize it won't be immediate reaction, but if you watch on Periscope, you will get that at least uh, immediately after the game. So uh, thank you for, for watching all season long. I will do stuff like that for the SEC basketball games. So I won't do it for... Well, they've got Dayton on Saturday. I'm not going to do it for the Dayton game. I think they've got a couple more non-conference games. And, and I may not do it for every every single basketball game, but the, the important ones, for sure, uh, you'll get instant post-game reaction. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. I think uh, a lot of you really enjoy it. The numbers on those uh, do really, really well. And I'm also uh, in the, the works right now. Uh, it'll probably start at the beginning of next year. Here's a teaser for you. I have not told anybody about this yet, except for my wife and and you know the people that uh, need to know this at Super Talk. But 
uh, starting in January of next year, I'm going to do a morning social media live show. I think I'm going to do it about 7 a.m., right when the baby gets up, so I'm absolved of the morning dad duties. Um, But I'll do it around 7 a.m. every morning, Facebook Live and Periscope, and I will record it and put it in podcast form, not on this feed, on my personal feed. And so I'll just have like a morning digital live show to accompany this podcast and the two radio shows I do as well. I guess I'm a glutton for punishment. I don't know. I I keep adding more work to my already hectic, uh, busy schedule. Um, I'm just going to keep adding to it, I guess. But uh, that's something that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think that there's a a demand for it. I think there's a market for it. I think a lot of you would listen to it and and watch it. And I'm excited to give it a shot. I found a program that'll make it look nice and pretty with banners and stuff. And I'm excited about it. Uh, So I hope um, when that does happen, it'll be the first. I want to get past the holidays before I add on a new project like this. So it'll be uh, the beginning of, of next year. So I'm thinking around January 4th. So to give me another couple of weeks uh, would be the first day uh, that I would do. uh, And I don't know what I'm going to call it yet, by the way. So I need your help uh, naming it. I I was thinking like Super Talk Sports Brief or something. That's terrible. I know. So I need your help. Um, If you follow me on Twitter, just uh, send me some ideas of what I should call the, uh, the morning live show. Um, I don't know what to call it. I've thought about it. I can't think of anything good. I don't know. So I need your help. I need your help with that. So that's on the horizon. I'm really, uh, really looking forward to that. It won't just be Ole Miss focused, though, to tell you the truth. It'll be Mississippi focused. So I will talk Mississippi State. Um, a lot of Saints as well, because I know this is a Saint State. Um, and I'm going to inject some NBA stuff in there as well. I know people don't like that, but it's my show, so I can do what I want. Um, all right, so I buried the lead. Kenny Aboa, Elijah Moore, opting out. The, I'm not going to call it an opt-out because it's not an opt-out at this point with one game left. Uh, deciding to leave the team and get ready for the NFL draft. And there were a lot of reactions uh, to this. This happened live, like I said, on the radio yesterday. So I got to... To see it in real time, people texting into the show and, and what their thoughts were about this. And when it comes to this situation right here, uh, I have two thoughts on it that contradict each other. But I feel this way, I, I have both feelings. So I know I'm going to sound contradictory, but this is how I feel about the situation. Elijah Moore and Kenny Aboa leaving with one game left on the schedule. Um, I don't like that practice. I was, you know, my dad always made me, if if I made a commitment to something, you need to finish it. And once it's over, you can make a decision about your future beyond that. But if you commit to something, a team or whatever, for a certain amount of time, you fulfill that obligation. You finish what you have started, and then when it's over, you can decide what you're going to do next. So as a general principle, it's the same lesson that I'm going to teach my son uh, as he gets older, is if you commit to something, you see it through. You finish what you have started. That's a very important life lesson to me. I, so it, 
as a general rule, I don't like players leaving their teams with time left on the schedule. Bowl games, I get it. But this is a game that that was on the schedule. Leaving their team like this is a practice that I don't like. However, however, I also, it's very easy for me to say that about these guys when I've never been in that position. It's very easy for me to say that they're quitting on their team or they shouldn't do that or that it's wrong to do this from my position because I've never been faced with a decision that would give me generational wealth that would change my future and my family's future forever. It's very easy for me to say they're quitters when I've never been faced with with this kind of situation because Yeboah is a bit of a different story. More on that in a second. But Elijah Moore... I saw Mel Kuyper's big board yesterday had him at number 23. So Mel Kuyper thinks that Elijah Moore is a first-round talent. If he gets picked in the first or second round, I don't think he's dropping below the second round. Um, He will acquire wealth. And I I don't know his dating situation. I don't know if he has a girlfriend or whatever, but he will acquire wealth that will change his life forever and change the lives of his future wife or children if he has those down the road. It will change his life forever. This is generational, life-altering wealth that all he has to do to obtain it is to be healthy. Be healthy when the draft comes, and it's generational, life-changing wealth. And so it's easy for me to not like and call him a quitter. And I know in radio you're supposed to pick a side and just hammer that home because you're right and everybody else is wrong. I know that's like what people are supposed to do in my business. I I can't do that here. I cannot criticize Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa for making a decision when I've never been in their shoes. You know what I mean? I I I don't know what it's like to receive generational wealth. And if somebody was ever going to give me generational wealth, as much as I love my current job, it doesn't matter. Um, and we had some people say that, oh, well, that's selfish. It's all about me. What about the team? Well, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. Um, my family is more important than anything else. And honestly, the, the team, I, I guarantee you, supports this. They 150% support this. Because the, the goal for high-level college football players is, is really one thing. I mean, the championships are nice. They are. They're great. But it's to get to the NFL. That's their goal. That's what they want. I mean, at the end of the day, when Elijah Moore hears his name at the NFL draft, he's not going to be sad that he didn't win an SEC championship. He's going to be glad that Lane Kiffin got hired to be his coach and he put up a billion yards and vaulted him up a draft board. That's what he's going to be happy about. Yes, guys love winning championships. Don't get me wrong. I mean, trust me, guys want to win championships. That's why part of the reason why Alabama recruits so well. But the biggest reason why Alabama recruits so well is not for championships. It's because Nick Saban has multiple players at every single position in the NFL. That's why they're getting players. That's their recruiting pitch. It's NFL first, title second. I promise you, that's how it's going down. It's what these kids want. And so, I don't like 
as a principle, quitting something before it's over. I don't like that. But it's, like I keep saying, it's very easy for me to say that when I've never been faced with a decision that he's faced with. Because we've seen examples now. You guys, you know them. Of players getting hurt and losing that kind of money. If he made a one wrong cut in Baton Rouge tomorrow, and it's supposed to be raining, if he slipped a little bit, he twisted his ankle, Tore a couple ligaments, has to get surgery. That life-altering wealth is dramatically less, potentially. It changes things. Some guys take the risk, and I commend those guys for taking those risks and sticking with their team, but I am not going to condemn these two young men for making the decisions that they did. I, Like I said, I know I'm supposed to have a strong opinion, Because that's what I'm supposed to be. I'm an opinion guy, and I'm supposed to come strong at every single thing that comes up. I can't do that here. I can't condemn Elijah Moore for doing this. He's going to be a very rich man very soon and change his life, his family's life, and his future family's life forever. So I can't blame him. I can't talk down to him. I can't criticize him for making this decision. I can't bring myself to do it. I tried I thought about it yesterday on the radio. I tried to, you know, maybe I should come at him strong and say that he's a quitter. Maybe I should, but I can't. I just can't. Um, We did get some uh, response from listeners yesterday. Most people got it. Most people understood. I mean, the, the reaction generally from Ole Miss fans is majority very positive. Thank you, Elijah, for coming to the school that I like and playing hard and wearing the uniform and sticking it out after last year's BS that you went through and then, you know, the Egg Bowl thing. Um, And they thank him and wish him well and appreciate what he's done. But there are some critics. Again, vast majority of people support him and Kenny. Vast majority of people. But there are some critics. We had some people say um, that he should pay his scholarship back. We had some people just call him a quitter and say it's a joke and should be criticized for it. And if I was an NFL general manager, I wouldn't draft him. Um, and also on that note, here's the thing about NFL general managers. Uh, this won't be a check in the, neg- in the negative column for Elijah Moore at all. They don't view college football the same way you do. If a player is ready, they would probably prefer he not play. Some of you aren't going to agree with that. There are some guys that want to draft this kid that are okay with this decision. Because he's not getting paid. It's not his job right now. He's doing this for free. The NFL is a different animal. You you can't opt out of NFL games because you've signed a contract. You're receiving a salary. They don't look at this like a negative at all. You may disagree with that, but I, I promise you, I know this isn't a negative. Um, and the paying the scholarship back thing, yeah, I mean, number one, um, that's absurd because he has generated more money for Ole Miss even in just this season than his scholarship is worth, I mean, by multiple times over. Uh, he will be used for recruiting the next Elijah Moore Ten times over. I mean, you you cannot put a value on what DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown 
the last two years have done for Ole Miss. You, you can't put a value on it. And if he goes to the NFL and he performs, you put him in that group as well. They will market him. They will use him in recruiting. They already are using him in recruiting, and they're going to market the hell out of him. Um, asking him to pay his scholarship back or forcing him, as some people wanted him to pay his scholarship back, will guarantee you, guarantee you, that you will never get another one. We'll guarantee it if you treat him like that. Absolutely guarantee it. Um, And some people don't realize the timeline. I mean, as I sit here on this Friday morning, it's December 18th. It's December 18th. They would be weeks done with their season by now. What he can do instead of playing for free in Baton Rouge on Saturday. Now, uh, he can sign with an agent. He can hire a personal trainer. He can start making money. Agents pay you up front. He can sign an endorsement deal. But most importantly, he can start training. Because compared to last year, he's two weeks behind. He's two weeks behind. At least from everybody else a year ago. The timeline is different now. And people don't really realize that. But, and, and so I got just now, as I'm recording, just now, you guys probably heard my phone buzz. Um, I get sent a message from a local high school football coach. Or he, he tweeted it. Local high school football coach. Um, not going to say where it's from. It doesn't matter. He said, opt out with one game left is a fancy talk for quitter. And I, I don't disagree with that. But like I keep saying, um, this coach has never been faced with the millions of dollars that Elijah Moore is faced with. Muddies the water some. But, I and I also am willing to bet that this decision was possibly encouraged by his coaches. I'd venture to guess that they told him, you know, Elijah, you've done everything you can for us. Go get your money. We'll be rooting for you. We thank you. We've recruited because of you, and we're going to continue recruiting because of you. Thank you. And we think that you should go. I have a feeling that that is what the conversation, how it went. It's a semi-educated opinion there. I think that's how it went. I think they've encouraged this. Because now they can use this, man. They can use this. That's the biggest thing here. And also, uh, I had some listeners uh, on the radio ask, you know, or say that, oh, they didn't like it because the timing. You know, like, why did they have to wait until Thursday before the LSU game? And I I promise you, um, the, the coaches in the team knew about this long before yesterday. So don't worry about that. They've been game planning for LSU fully aware of who they were going to have and who they were not going to have. They are fully aware of this, I promise. So don't worry about that. I ha- They might have even uh, waited to announce it this late in the week. I- I've heard people say two things. Uh, one, they waited to announce it to not slow down any recruiting momentum that they had, which I don't know if I buy that. I think it's more this one where, I mean, why would you tell LSU that Elijah Moore's not playing? Why would you tell them that until the game plan's done? Because it's done by Thursday. So now, 
Bo Pelini, who it doesn't matter uh, who's playing wide receiver against a Bo Pelini defense, but now they have to change things. And they have to think, wait, wh- well, shit, what's Ole Miss going to do now without Elijah Moore? Um, what are they going to do without Kenny Yaboa? Who's going to play in their place? How are they going to... Uh, so they might use Ely in the passing game. Well, what happens if Plumlee's in the game? Or who's behind Elijah Moore? Or where, who's get, They have to adjust everything they do now. And so I think that might be more part of it than anything else. Uh, there's been rumblings about this for a couple of weeks now. At least. I, mean, I heard this two weeks ago, and I, I just I don't know if I believed it. I was just like, yeah, I mean, that would make sense, but I don't know. So that's been out there. The coaches definitely knew long before, and they're prepared to play this game. This was not a shock to uh, to anybody. So if that's if that's you, don't worry about that. But um, the Yaboa thing, I I mean, some guys are just ready to move on, and he got an invite to the Senior Bowl, and you don't get those invitations unless they think that you're an NFL player. Has not had a good last few weeks of the season, though. He has got to senior bowl well, and he's got to combine well uh, if he's going to be a high-level draft pick. But he's been in college for five years. You know, sometimes guys just want to move on. Um, but I'm certainly, I, I am incapable of criticizing, especially Elijah Moore, uh, for not risking his millions. I don't think it's selfish. I think that's what I would do. I think it's what you would do, too. So now what? That's the next question. So now what? What happens with Ole Miss without Elijah Moore? And that's the most fat. This game is far more fascinating now to me uh, than it was before. Because you've always known that Elijah Moore was going to be gone, and you've always known that Kenny Yaboa was going to be gone next season. And that was going to be the conversation all offseason. That was going to be it. Was what does Ole Miss look like without these two guys? What are they without Elijah Moore? and Kenny Yaboa. Well, now we get to see it. We get to see it twice before next season, when hopefully, and I I suspect they will, things are back to normal, and the crowds are good, and Ole Miss opens the season with Louisville and Atlanta next year, and 45,000 of you are going to be in Atlanta for that game. That crowd's going to be nuts, and it's going to be packed with Ole Miss people. You don't have to wait until then to find out. And I don't think I could tell you what it's going to look like, because I don't think... Lane Kiffin and Jeff Lebby are, I mean, you can compare them to Mike Leach. Mike Leach runs his system, and you have to run it or else too bad. They alter what they do on a weekly basis based on their opponent. So now not having Elijah Moore and Kenny Yaboa means they're going to alter their approach even more. So what is the who takes Elijah Moore's place? Probably nobody. I, they're, it's going to look different. This weekend, it's looked slightly different every weekend. Um, so I'm fascinated to see how how they handle it. Who becomes the focal point in the offense without him? I would assume it's Jerry and Ely. But does do you throw Plumlee in the slot in, into the slot? Not the slot. I don't know what kind of position that would be. But do you throw Plumlee out there? And now is it time for Dennis Jackson? to step up and, and be that slot guy. Who's going to play tight end? Is it Casey Kelly? He's looked capable in the blocking game. Is he going to catch the football some? He's done that, small amount, this year. Looked capable doing it. I'm fascinated by it. And I think Ole Miss has a lot of receiver talent. It's just Elijah Moore's always open. He's, I mean, why would you not throw it to your best player and give him the football when he's that explosive and he's always open? 
But there are people that are going to pretend like without Elijah Moore, Ole Miss does not have receiver talent. A lot of it's unproven. But have you seen Dontario Drummond lately? Seems like a really capable SEC wide receiver, right? Braylon Sanders is proven. Looks like he's finally healthy. They've got some dudes at wide receiver still. They've recruited that position very well. So who's going to step up? Is it going to be finally Jonathan Mingo? He had that great game against Kentucky, so you know he's got the ability. Will he step up and take those reps? That is so fascinating this Saturday, and I think they've got the guys that are able to do it. Um, I saw some LSU people say that it's Elijah Moore is a huge loss for Ole Miss, and I do agree. I'm not going to try to convince you that Elijah Moore, one of the best wide receivers in college football, one of the best in the history of the school he plays for, is not a big loss for Ole Miss. But when you pair what they've got talent-wise with how abysmal LSU is defensively, especially through the air, it changes the way I think about this game, but not, I mean, not a whole lot. Somebody at the, I think it was the advocate, somebody that covers LSU gave Bo Pelini an A grade after their win over Florida. An A grade. They gave up almost 500 yards through the air and over five yards per carry on the ground. Just because they beat Florida doesn't mean their defense played well. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And it doesn't sound like Stingley's going to play. It's still up in the air. I don't think he's going to. That's just, that's just my guess. Uh, I don't think he's going to. But to me, I mean, yes, it changes some because Elijah Moore is that explosive uh, and he's that elite, but Bo Pelini's defense is that bad, has been that bad all season long. But now you're going to get a glimpse at what the offense is going to look like without him. I'm excited to see it. I think you should be too because you've got extremely creative offensive minds on your sideline right now. This isn't... Ole Miss of recent history with how the offense is run. It's flexible, it's creative, and it changes on a weekly basis. So now, Dontario Drummond, it's his time. It's Jonathan Mingo's time. It's Braylon Sanders' time. There's some names that play wide receiver that you may not have remembered or even on the team. they got to step up, but the talent is absolutely there. And we'll see what they do. I'm excited uh, to see, honestly. I'm really looking forward to it. By the way, Picks uh, have had a really good last half of the season. If you guys are following me, I'm making money. Now that I said that, I'm about to go oh and whatever this weekend. But now that I've, <laughs> uh, I've teased it, I've had a good end of the season, so hopefully I can close on a strong note. By the way, I'm taking Ole Miss minus the two and a half. I'm still taking Ole Miss in this game. I think Bo Pelini's defense is that bad. Lane Kiffin and Levy are going to find a way to move the football down the field. They've done it all season without Elijah Moore. I don't think it makes a difference. You still have Matt Corral throwing the football around. You still have those play callers. LSU's also pretty depleted uh, in their own right. So I'm going to go ahead and stick with Ole Miss in this game minus the two and a half. Texas A&M and Tennessee, I think Jeremy Pruitt saves his job regardless, but they've got to be, or he's got to be extra motivated in this one just to show that they're making progress. 14 points is a lot, and this is going to sound crazy, but I'm going to take Texas, or excuse me, Tennessee plus the 14 at home uh, to cover that spread against Texas A&M in their final audition before uh, the college football playoff committee. They need a lot of help, but they've got to have an audition. I don't think they're going to do enough 
And that's a big line, and I think Tennessee is going to cover. I'm insane, I know. But like I've said, had a good back half of the season. Missouri minus one at Mississippi State. Uh, take the Tigers in this one. Uh, I really like Bazelak. I think what uh, they've done there has been really special. Missouri gives up a lot of yards on the ground, but that's the thing. Mississippi State actively chooses not to run the football. Mike Leach's press conference this week, he sounded absolutely miserable. Literally told everyone he was miserable. I don't know how locked in or engaged Mississippi State's going to be. Uh, I like Missouri in this game. They're going to be able to move the football through the air like everybody has done on Mississippi State, and I don't know how engaged they're going to be. All right, now championship games this weekend. Because it is championship Saturday, even with all these other games scattered in. Ohio State is a 20-point favorite over Northwestern in the Big Ten Championship game. That's an 11 o'clock kickoff, by the way. Uh, I think Ohio State will win by more than that. I like Pat Fitzgerald. I like what Northwestern has done. But Ohio State is in prove-it mode right now. They might not need to be, but I think, one, they're far more talented than Northwestern. They're playing really good football right now, and I think they've got that kind of attitude where they kind of have to prove it, and I think they will on Saturday. Oklahoma and Iowa State in the Big 12 championship game. Oklahoma's a six-point favorite, and I really like Oklahoma in this game. Rattler's playing much better lately. I am not a believer at all in uh, Brock Purdy at all. Uh, just I, I never have been. I don't understand Iowa's, uh, Iowa State's ranking. Um, the committee really has been just awful, in my opinion, after uh, number four, so five through 25, I think the college football playoff committee has been an absolute disaster, and I don't get Iowa State's ranking. I think they will lose by more than six points. I'm not, like I said, I'm not a fan of Brock Purdy. I will take Oklahoma, the more talented team with a better quarterback, over Iowa State. Sometimes it's really that simple. Who's got the better quarterback? Who's got a more talented team? Uh, you know, it's not rocket science here. Uh, the Pac-12 championship game. No, we'll go ACC first. Clemson and Notre Dame. Clemson's a 10.5 point favorite. I have not understood at all, at all, how we have just handed the ACC championship to Clemson. We've just given it to them. Everybody's talking about one loss Notre Dame getting in to the college football playoff as if Clemson's just going to walk right through and beat them in Charlotte. I don't buy that at all. I mean, I know you can say that Clemson was without Trevor Lawrence when they played Notre Dame, but, I mean, go look at... If you didn't watch that game, or you don't remember seeing it, just pull up the box score. DJ Uyongalele played as good as a quarterback can possibly play in a football game. Trevor Lawrence was not the difference in that loss. Clemson's offense moved the football and did it well. Um, I think they're bad in the secondary. Uh, I don't think they're great in the front seven either. And this is a Clemson defense that's susceptible. Trevor Lawrence was not the issue in the first game. So if you're giving me 10.5 points, my goodness, I'm going to take 10.5 points in this game. And uh, I saved – I'm not going to do the the Pac-12 championship because most of you aren't going to listen by the time this game starts. But I I will take Southern Cal minus the three at home in the Pac-12 championship game. Finally, the SEC championship. Alabama – a 17-point favorite in the game, I don't think that's enough. I mean, stop me if you've heard this before, a Nick Saban team is playing its best football at the end of a season. I think Alabama is clicking on all cylinders. I think Dan Mullen showed you 
uh, last weekend, how just how undisciplined he really is. Honestly, they're better uh, in every facet of the game. And I think Alabama rolls. Um, it might be close early. It might be a fight early. But yeah, they'll win by more than 17 points, uh, in my opinion, for sure. That's it for me on this Friday. Thank you so much uh, for making the podcast a part of your day. Uh, be on the lookout for a post-game reaction show. Also listen to the Sunday show, Sports Sunday, uh, 8 to 10 a.m. every single Sunday. Football or no football, um, supertalktv.com is the best way to watch. We've got stations too, but I mean, nobody's by the radio on Sunday morning. Supertalktv.com. And uh, again, follow me on Twitter, leave a rating and a review on the podcast. Enjoy the final game of the season. And I'll be back with you on Monday to talk bold destinations and stuff like that as well after, of course, post-game reaction. Again, thank you for tuning in. Who dat? Drew Brees is back, thank God. And uh, I will talk to you guys again uh, tomorrow night. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.